0: everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Catholics Against Militarism podcast. And we have Father McCarthy back today, Charlie, to talk to us about the question, who is worthy of life? Um, so we're trying to determine, the two of us, who is wor- whether he's worthy of life, whether I'm worthy of life, whether all of you listening are worthy of life. And so, yeah, just in the midst of all this Black Lives Matter stuff, in the midst of many other things going on in the country, I think it's good to step back and ask these kind of basic questions. So, Charlie, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Well, I don't know about you, but I'm worthy of life. I'm telling you that right now, right up front, you know? <laughs> well, but I, well,
0: how can you make such a claim? I, you know, justify your existence, you know?
1: I am I am an existentialist. And what matters is my existence, right? <laughs> I don't even know if you're out there, but I know I have existence. And I know if I have existence, boy, it has to be, it has to be worthy of existence. So what, you see, what you're hearing me say here is, what you're hearing me say here is that, that the question who is worthy of life has no objective answer. It only has a subjective answer. And I think a better question is though, or at least an equally important question is, who is unworthy of life? Maybe that's the way to go about it, Alan. Let's say who is unworthy of life?
0: Yeah, there've been a lot of people who have answered that question differently.
1: Yeah, Who, who is unworthy of life? You know, in Nazi Germany, in the Third Reich, uh, there was a, deg- a designation of certain human beings. I, I, my German is my German is terrible, but in German it's it's Lieben Leben, zum Lieben. and it means life. The, these are the exact words. Now, the designation is life unworthy of life. These people were unworthy of life and therefore they could be legally destroyed and those christians who were part of the who were part of the german government german military and so forth they they were the ones who did that whatever those people would be whether they be down syndrome people whether they be uh whether whether, whether they be uh homosexuals or whether they be jews or or, or whether they be uh um uh, physically ill, for physically impaired people. Or it doesn't make any difference. Or pe- children in the womb, who, etc. Right? Life unworthy of life. You see, the problem here is that that we live by that. We live by a consciousness that there are people unworthy of life every day. I mean, you know, we're 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 kind of squeamish, uh, 21st century people. We don't like to say things out in the open, you know? I mean, I remember how s- terrible people thought it was when, uh, in Gulf War I, where Colin Powell was the general directing it, and, and uh, he got on the national media, and they said to him, uh, they, they, they said to him, General, how, what, what, specifically, what, what specifically was the strategy that you used to, uh, uh, in, 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 in this battle? And he said there was no strategy we just cut them off and kill them that was harsh stuff you know there's a lot of abortions in the world in china and japan other places too where if um if a child is known to be a female it's aborted because you know i don't know what the reason is they it's in the heads of those people whatever it is it makes the child unworthy of life in their eyes, so they can abort it. If if, if it's unworthy of life, huh? Uh, then then it's um, then there's no problem in taking life away from it. You were gonna
0: say, Alan? Yeah. No, I recently watched a documentary on um, Amazon Prime called One Child Nation, and it was about a girl who went back to China and started interviewing all the old people because they don't have the policy anymore. Um, but she started interviewing all the people um, that were responsible for enforcing that law, and there just it wasn't just abortions. it was also like if these little girls would be born, they would just go leave the baby in a basket in the market and hope somebody would would take it, and oftentimes they didn't. And so the entire community is walking past the infant that's dying in the basket, and nobody's saving the child. I mean, so it's not just abortion, which is kind of kind of hidden away sometimes, but the the mentality of the entire country, um, to be able to just leave the child there, it just, it blew me away. You know, I didn't realize that it was quite to that extent. Um, well,
1: you, you think about it, Ellen, you say, but that's, how different is that is from the fact that, uh, I don't know, when we go over, say the United States and uh, in 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 its uh colony great britain uh when we go over there and we bomb the daylights out of Afga- cities in afghanistan and uh, iraq et cetera, et cetera, and and uh and wipe out the citizenry men women and children whatever the case may be and all those places uh we're, we're talking about the vicinity of uh, two million deaths civilian deaths in iraq at this point not just uh and in afghanistan we're talking about the same kind of numbers in vietnam civilian deaths perhaps even more three or four million. now odd those are just odd decisions decisions by the pilot of the plane decisions by the by the the pentagon by the president uh, by the american people who are who are watching uh, who are watching the bombing of baghdad in sports bars in chicago and cheering those are just our decisions these people aren't worthy of life And the question is, why aren't they worthy of life? Why? Because they're, you know, why is a child, why is a child born in Pakistan, who's five years old, why is he not worthy or she not worthy of life? Uh, And therefore, the United States and its its colony Britain, Great Britain, have a a right to go and, and stuff life out. And I think the answer is, that most of the world, most at least the people in the governments of the world and so forth, that most, most of the world, perhaps, has never really thought of the problem who is worthy of life, who is unworthy of life. Because when you come right down to it, no one's worthy of life, absolutely no one, not you, not me, no one, not Trump, not the pope, why? We came into existence not by being worthy of anything. We just came into existence out of either accident, you know, some molecules banging together out there in the galaxies and in clouds of cosmic ash and everything else coming together, as is true, huh? until we got the right combination to bring a human being about. All week. the other possibility is if we didn't come together by pure accident, we came together by purpose. God, there's a God, a creator, a, a being, a something that's, that, that purposefully brought us into existence. Now, if we just came together by, by, by accident, then I'm not worthy of life. I mean, I didn't earn anything to come together just a couple of atoms banged together, two others could have banged together. But if I'm here by God's choice, I'm unworthy of life. I didn't earn it. God just gave it. So we're all unworthy of life. Period. Everyone, Zuckerberg, uh, Gates, uh, you and I, we're all unworthy of life. And so if that's the case, then um, then what we're talking about here is that when... when um, the German, the Nazi law that uh, designated certain human beings as, as life unworthy of life, we're talking about a law that has no objective reality. It's just that these lives are in our interest and these lives don't serve our purposes. We're talking about a form of utilitarianism. That is, we can use these lives for our ends and we got the power to snuff them out and we can't use these lives and we and, and we can't use these lives for our ends, and therefore we will snuff them out. And so it goes, even in the revolutions. The revolution comes along and they can and murder the czar or whoever the Marie Antoinette or whoever it is. And uh, those, neither the revolutionaries, nor the nor the princes, nor the czar, nor the Tsarina, or anything else. Their life isn't worthy of life, digits. For the other side, and so we're all in a battle, you know, a really utilitarian battle. Might, might makes right. Might makes
0: right. I've been thinking about that a lot with regard to like war and abortion lately. It's, it's that's what might makes right in the sense in the case of abortion. Absolutely right. Like you're the more powerful one, and you know you can do so. It's might makes right. And um, you know, I remember a few years back when Iceland published some big story and it was it was published as iceland has gotten rid has eliminated down syndrome mm-hmm. and it was celebrated as a great mm-hmm. thing and it's like well it doesn't take a genius to figure out how they did that they just started reporting right. all right. the lives that they found unworthy because they were genetically different but that's basically all we're doing in war isn't it i mean you're determining everyone's worthy of life but our side is more worthy
1: yeah, or, or everyone's not. No one's worthy of life. But I'm going to take care of my life. Period. I don't think I'm any more worthy than you are. I may think it. But the fact of the matter is, I got the power. And if your life interferes with my life, you're gone. But the basic question is, who is worthy of life? And there is is that, that. No one's worthy of life. Re- regardless of whether you believe there's a God or there isn't a God, you didn't earn getting here. You didn't get a lot of A's in class, and therefore God said, "I choose you," or whatever. You know, you or if the molecules just bang together and you're just a whole bunch of uh, of nerve cells messaging each other. Well, that that's fine, but but the fact of the matter is, that's not that's not making yourself worthy. That's just what you are. No one's worthy of life. So how do we come to a law that says that? that we can eliminate those who are no longer worthy of life. And I would assume, I would assume, uh, for example, after we captured uh, Saddam Hussein and uh, put all those pictures on the international press to the United States government of him getting his teeth examined after he came out of a hole after several weeks and his hair all messed up and so forth. And so e- even the Vatican said. That this this was not right to do to a human being. That was those pictures. It was like it, it was like David holding up the head of Goliath, you
0: know? Yeah, just humiliating him. Yeah, that's it. That
1: humiliated him and so forth and so on. But anyway, it was saying, Your life is worth nothing. Our, we, we're winners. The winners, their life is worthy of something. So winning makes your life worthy. Losing, unworthy. And so I don't know, it's, it's, very, it's a very, very serious question, objectively, who is worthy of life? And when people say that you are no longer worthy of life because you uh, say you killed a person or because you stole or whatever the standards are, huh? that you're no longer, where do they get that standard? Where does that, come, who, who gives that standard? But by, by what process of reading are studying, or thinking, do you say you another person becomes unworthy of life because he takes a life? I know that's deeply within the Judeo and the, and, and the, the uh, tradition, and also the violent Constantinian Christianity tradition, a Muslim tradition, and others too. But, but where does it come from? Does that come from God? Well, I mean, that. There's a little problem there, too, because there's other people who say God never said such a thing. So is, 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 is that God saying that? Or is just that human beings putting in God's mouth what's in their interest to put in God's mouth? So this is uh, who is who is worthy of life and who is unworthy of life? So as Christians, you say, As as Christians, like as any group of people, huh? Uh, that question can't be answered reasonably. Reasonably, we're all unworthy of life; we didn't earn it. However, as Christians, we have another question, and far more fundamental, and far more far 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 more to the point, and the only question that makes any difference to us and to the world, and that is, who is unworthy of Christ-like love? We're talking about Christians now. Who is unworthy of Christ like love? And that becomes, we can't confuse that question with who is worthy of life or who is unworthy of life. Because as we know, Christ like love, agape, nonviolent agape, nonviolent love of friends and enemies, does not discriminate between the deserving and the undeserving. Jesus on the cross is saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he's loving them, and they no more deserve love than in the normal human sense than, than than Hitler or Churchill or any of those people, but that's not what Jesus does. He says, "Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, and he doesn't just mean the Roman soldier with the dagger, he means uh, the lance he means the, uh, the, the, the 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 Roman leaders, the military pilot the the leaders of the jewish people that brought this about the jewish people that they uh, that they conned into this yeah he means all that at least all that so that who is unworthy of christ like love if the christian is the person who has committed his life her life to following jesus new commandment love one another as i have loved you who is unworthy of that love the person who murdered his heart the person who's a thief the person who's done bad things well i don't know you know the debate a child in the wound who who will be born a down syndrome child uh who is unworthy of christ-like love if you are a christian that's that's the question for the christian and if you think about it it's just a matter it seems to me that if you are a Christian, you necessarily believe that life is not just an accident. It's purposeful. There, 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 is, there is a God, there is a, there is a creator that decided not only that the universe was going to be, but you were going to be. And that creator, as far as Jesus teaches us, he does teach us, that creator is a very personal, has a very personal relationship with, with you, with me, with every one of the seven and a half billion people on the face of the earth right now and those that have been. That personal relationship is love. Jesus calls it love. Mercy. Merciful love. Compassion. Um, in fact, he goes so far to say it's the love of, uh, of the intimate relationship of a parent with a child. Father. So, we not only believe that there's we've not only made a faith choice that life has a source that is god and it's not pure accident and that god is father not just uh not not just some kind of dictator uh setting the world on setting the world going and watching all the little people suffer in it but that god is the father of each and every one and all and therefore and God loves us, and therefore, what God loves, what God loves infinitely, where does the, and that's what the Christian believes, God loves each and everyone infinitely, he is the, the exact words are, he's the father of all, if God loves everyone infinitely, then where does the, any Christian, Catholic, Protestant, Evangelical, Lutheran, Orthodox, I don't care, doesn't make any difference, whether it be popes or bishops or, house churches doesn't make it where does any christian get off not loving what god loves infinitely and not loving them as god loves infinitely how do we know as god loves because god became incarnate in jesus the way jesus loves is the way god loves because jesus is the incarnation of god and if you say i say i believe in jesus as Lord God and Savior, the Word of God, the Messiah, etc., then what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that I not only have to believe him in him as a fan, as someone I adore, I have to believe him, believe in him as my leader, my follower. I can't transfer my body, my mind, and my thoughts to any other Führer. Führer is the German word for leader. To any other leader to Schwarzkopf, to Obama, to Trump, to Churchill, to Roosevelt, to Napoleon, to the Tsar. Makes no difference. Putin, Trump, I don't care. It can't be done, because none of them are nurturing people, and none of them are creating policies to love people as Jesus loves people. Hence, hence when the Christian makes a choice, to say that this person here is no longer worthy of life, He's made, he or she is making a choice to say they're no longer worthy of Christ-like love, because Christ gives and gives and gives life, and that's what he came for, that's what he was from the beginning and will be from the, to, to the end, and will be for all eternity, the giver of life. So when a person comes, a Christian comes and say, this person is no longer worthy of life. Then what he or she is saying is, this person is no longer worthy of Christ-like love. Christ-like love never takes life, it gives life. It lays down its life for others, not takes life from others. And at that point there, when the Christian says... This person is no longer worthy of life, no longer worthy of Christ-like love. I don't know what it is. It may be he's no longer worthy of life because some law says he should be executed. But whatever the reason that's come up in the human mind to justify that, it's invalid in terms of Christianity. And what it does, it makes the Christian an operational atheist at the point that you say, A human being is no longer worthy of Christ-like love, and therefore, I can take his life because he's no longer worthy of life. So, behind the question, who is worthy of life? Which is a giant philosophical question, which can only be answered in faith. Because whether you say there's a God or no God, doesn't make any difference. You can't prove it. That's a faith that's a faith answer that must be given. If you're an atheist you live in a faith. If you're a theist you live in a faith. Doesn't make any difference. Everyone lives by faith. But then you choose. You make your choice. You make your choice by your will. I will be a Christian. I will be an atheist. Whatever. But from that choice from that choice follows a way of thinking a way of believing a way of life a way of death a way of dealing with every single problem in the universe every single person you come across within the universe and therefore and therefore the minute i say i am a follower of jesus i give up the notion that there is any life that is unworthy of life that there is any life any human being on earth who is unworthy of Christ-like love and therefore I give up all those terrible and brutal understandings of human existence I have have, from the justification of gossip to mocking to killing that destroy life in people because I've got only one choice in dealing with the human being and that's to deal with him as Christ would deal with him, Love love him as Christ would love him And therefore, bring him life. Try to bring life into his life.
0: I think there is more than enough to contemplate in that episode. This was part of a larger conversation, but um, I'm going to cut it off here and leave you with that for now. And maybe I will post the rest of our conversation as a separate episode. God bless, and we'll see you next time.